This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. It's time for another episode of the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I am Kyle, and joining me as always is Cody and Ken. Excellent work. Good job, Kyle. <laughs> Wonderful. It's hard. Is that it's your first, natural. Is that your first introduction? For this new intro that we have? Yes. yes. Otherwise, I've done intros before, I yeah. think. Yeah, we used to pair off between you and Eric every other week. Used to mix right. it up. Yeah. Yep. Oh, used man. To mix her that was up. my first time in person. Very impressive. <laughs> I'm blushing a little bit. I'm like, Kyle, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kyle. Who is this Kyle? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's that confident guy that talks into a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered. I hope everyone else thought the same. All nothing? Right. Well, nothing? I enjoyed it. Good job. I told him good job. What? Nothing? Nothing to add? Guys, you're back. Guys, you're I'm back, back this week. Yeah. Don't just... harass me. <laughs> Okay, you get one week to yourselves and you think you can come harass the boss. No, that's not how this works. Well, is this a new thing we're going to do now? Are we going to alternate who does the intro or or did you just need a break? (laughs) Did you just need a mental break? I'm abdicating responsibilities on that. I'll let you decide who who does it from now on. All right. All right. Because you always made fun of me because I intro too quickly. I just was a premature intro. So producer. premature introduction. Yeah, a premature for, introducer. For a little clarification on that, Cody just has this thing where before I even press the record button, she just jumps right in without yeah. without just, you know, take it a second before we can actually launch the right. podcast. And it's not like this was something we were hiding from her. We told her to her face. We would <laughs> we would do the countdown with our fingers and we would wave our arms to say right. you did it wrong. <laughs> but we would keep the episode going. <laughs> Yep. And then, yeah. I was every quick time, on the draw. Every time she was quick on the draw, she would immediately like choke on the third word and have to start over anyway. Because well, I got distracted by the arm waving. You just <laughs> let me get it out. Or the looks of bewilderment. Yeah. Like, we just mentioned this to you. So I think oh. what we're saying is that we he, may sound professional, but it's not professional I behind the scenes when it comes to recording. I don't think anybody thinks we sound professional. <laughs> Probably not. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to remind people. Like subconsciously We're be like, oh yeah, they professional. are professional, but not on this podcast. We do nope. our best. We do our best in all the <laughs> other processes of our job. Right. This is our fun time on Fridays. Yes. And we love that everyone is listening and enjoying the fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. And whenever we release this, the news changes dramatically. Right. No, don't say it out loud. No one nope. said it out loud. You just yet. say it. You say it and put it out in the universe, and maybe we'll get an alert in the middle of this thing. Well, I don't know. I haven't added any bookings to the system or done anything, you know, planned in the future. So I'm hoping that it's not me that causes the change this time. I've I've just given up. I'm dead inside. I only look one week <laughs> one week ahead, and like, what do I need to book for next week? Just just give it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Shoot it square. <laughs> so what? So what were the changes that happened after you guys' last week's podcast? Uh, Sony came along (laughs) (laughs) and decided to move Peter Rabbit 2 up, right? Right. They moved it from July 2nd to June 18th. In hindsight, after Paramount moved Top Gun, which was the big news last week, it seems... Not as good that Sony did this. <laughs> After we had gone round and round about how they should 
do it in May and have that whole stretch, they might have been okay just leaving it in July <laughs> now that we don't have a big 4th of July movie anymore. And so... Sony, you get Easter, you get May, yeah, and you get the 4th of July. <laughs> but now let's put it somewhere in June. Yeah. Two weeks after the last animated movie. So I don't know what to say or feel about this. It... I it's just, coming to your theater. Just play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming to your theater sometime and we will play it. There's no strategy around when it, the best time for it to come out is. Just, just We'll just play it. So if you were coming up with 4th of July um, ideas to market Peter Rabbit 2, throw those away. <laughs> throw those away. Also throw your Top Gun ones away too. That too. No summer volleyball tournaments for the theater for you guys. Actually still do that because that's amazing. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of down for that. <laughs> it's okay. outside. You're bet- there's a net between you and the other person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Social so, distancing is yeah. kind of in place in volleyball. Yeah. There's yeah. something to it. Sand's got to kill bacteria. Sure. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, hopefully UV rays from the sunshine kill it. That's what we were all hoping. Last year, there just must not have been enough UV rays. But maybe this year there will Apparently be. Apparently, you've never played beach volleyball. You start in the sun, but you end <laughs> in the dark, and you can't drive home. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Either due to injury or alcohol in your bloodstream. <laughs> or a combination of both. All right. All right. Uh, so, so, oh, you go. Sorry. You go Peter, Peter Rabbit did that thing. Yeah. And then we got a, <laughs> then we got a date of, uh, for Man from Toronto for January 2022. That's been kind of all over the place. They they announced it, and then it got taken off the release schedule, so we didn't know what was happening with it. So I'm glad it's, to see it back on the release schedule. That's nice. Anything that's after Labor Day this year, pass. <laughs> yeah. We're I'm, not there yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... We're not even to Labor... We're not even to Memorial Weekend yet, so I, it's pass after that. Yeah. Yeah. In case you're curious of that movie, there it is. But otherwise, there's not much to really say about it, and it will probably move again. If you are from Toronto and you're curious about a movie with your city's name in the title, (laughs) have we got news for you? (laughs) Everyone Toronto? Yes! (laughs) Finally. And then Sony did announce the release of a new film, correct? Yeah, um, directed and starring Billy Crystal. I believe Tiffany Haddish is in it, too. It's called Here Today. It's coming out May 7th. Uh, by the sounds of but it. But we don't have a trailer yet. Not yet. Um, there or a, is or a, a runtime or a rating? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I I think I've heard that it's PG-13, th- but that could be wrong. I think it's supposed to be PG-13, but I'm not sure there's an official rating. No, nothing official yet. And um, with Tiffany Haddish in it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's an interesting pairing. I'm, I'm kind of curious do, how that works. Billy bl- Crystal. So I'm sure he keeps it pretty clean. He's not known to be super dirty. He'll know. He'll know how to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do they just bleep her throughout the movie? <laughs> <laughs> to get that PG-13 rating? Yeah. You bet. <laughs> uh, but there is actually like a photo still of the movie on silverscreeninsider.com if you want to use that to start promoting it. But of course, we have also many other different types of marketing assets on that website aside from that movie anyway. Is so. that like this movie's proof of life? Like it really does exist, guys. Here's a publicity still. Yeah. We don't have a trailer or any stats, but... That, that comes next, but... Yeah, this is in the negotiations. <laughs> right. I'm su- yeah, I'm surprised Billy Crystal's not holding a newspaper in that still. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a current year newspaper. He's holding up the Atlanta Times Journal <laughs> next to his face. <laughs> it's really happening. The Cleveland Plain Dealer. 
Um, so yeah, so for booking strategies, well, you heard my strategy. I'm taking it one week at a time because <laughs> nothing is set in stone as much as I like it to be. Um, I'm just filling in. I think Mortal Kombat, we're going to see a great bump with that this weekend. And um, I think that's going to have a couple solid weeks on it. So other than that, I'm just filling in here and there with, you know, smaller, smaller films and just holding Godzilla, holding Raya, holding yeah. all those movies. Yeah. We've starting, starting this week, we have, or starting on the 23rd, we have R-rated wide releases until... 528. The, the problem is the <laughs> they're quote wide releases but they're really not that wide. They're they're pretty limited in their print counts. We're mm-hmm. looking at like thou- around the 1000 mark on these print counts and now that all the theaters are mostly open across the nation, uh, that 1000 prints doesn't go very far. We're kind of, and I think that operators are seeing that. They're like, "Oh, what's happened? I'm not getting I've been open all this time and now I'm not getting product." And there's nothing else out there right now, but these smaller distributors are just um, are are just stuck with the with these print counts the way they're at. So, yeah, you've got you know you don't have Regal open right now, but you've got a lot of AMC's, you've got a lot of Cinemarks. They're open in the big markets, and those are just sucking up all the prints. And so you got a lot of people in, in the middle and on the lower tier circuits that aren't getting stuff. So separation is wide but not you're not really probably seeing it very many places uh bleaker street went very limited on together together that's also coming out next week um what else was pretty limited uh then there's the funimation studios has that uh demon slayer movie that did super well in japan Mm -hmm. has a lot of really good publicity around it but they target certain markets. They know where these markets are going to work. Um, they've had a lot of experience with it. And they're just really not looking for any location outside the market. Nope. That, they tell you, we want to play your theater. Do you accept? Yeah. These are the dates and times you can play. Do you accept? Do you accept? <laughs> yeah. you can. They don't <laughs> want you giving full schedules on this. They want limited show times on certain days and in certain locations. This is an event picture, and it's really not a traditional booking. And you would think that would hinder the grossing, but the last one, Super Broly, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. was a monster. It was. For but those it, dates. For the locations that they wanted and the dates that they wanted, too. They yeah. they have a whole digital marketing campaign targeting certain... They know where the, where the um, true fans are, and they target the theaters around those, those pods. So, unfortunately, uh, it's just not going to be something that's played everywhere, and they're not increasing print counts at all on that. That's kind of a shame, I mean, especially for this year, because this year, you know, the theater industry is getting up and running, so I would just assume that they would want to kind of capitalize on that and just mm-hmm. take whatever they can get, like maybe even bump up, you know, the counts even more well, so, just so that way they can get as much of it as possible, because even... Yeah, you know, I don't know. The past anime movies that have been released, like they do well in limited amount of times, but that was also in a normal year when theaters were running smoothly. And I just fear with everything just you know trying to come back to normal and not that much product coming out, they would try with Demon Slayer to take it a step further. Well, I think that they are missing an opportunity to expand the audience. I mean, it For isn't sure. that shouldn't that be a goal? is to get more than just the diehards in there, is to 
introduce this kind of film to a wider range mm-hmm. of people and try to grow this audience and grow the genre of movie. I mean, they're just playing to the diehard fans, but they're not growing it. And they're not even allowing theaters the opportunity to try to market themselves and grow it themselves. I feel like they'd also be very surprised to see um, diehard fans outside of those markets that they always target. You'd be right. surprised like in America how much anime has become almost normal. Um, mm-hmm. Even when anime in America like was first getting huge in the 90s, it was nothing compared to what's happening now. I feel like even if they expand it out a bit more they'd be surprised by what some theaters that they might not even bat an eye to they might actually be able to get some diehard fans to come out to it right i i just think that now with without the distraction of major motion picture titles of the blockbusters and the franchises without the distraction of that this is the opportunity to grow audiences for this alternative content for anime for the operas for gaming in the theater there's just a lot of these things we've talked about doing for years that we want to do that we mm-hmm. know that we have to start supplementing the release schedule with different things. Now is the time to introduce them because the big, big movies are off the table right now and theaters need content. And, and so I think that's the frustration is boiling over and it's coming around on this demon slayer because it's finally a good film that would expand the audience. Yeah. And yet they're stuck in the kind of old print count ways of target demographics and target marketing when they should push it even more. Yeah. Speaking of marketing, if you're a listener that does happen to be able to play demon slayer, uh, we do have marketing assets uh, videos, graphics, banners, posters. We have it all available at silverscreeninsider.com. So yep. if you need those, check it out there. Log in, go to the movie database, click the Demon Slayers, and the slip will come up with all those graphics. It's yeah. super easy to download. They're all high resolution. Yes. So, so yeah, that's unfortunately the struggle we're coming into now with booking strategies is that um, there are a lot more theaters are open up. There's a lot more competition for prints, and yet we still have small print counts. So people are just, of the product that's available, they're not. it's not available to everybody. And that's becoming a struggle and putting a lot of pressure on trying to find alternatives. And so, um, you know, we've been approached by other members in the community about how do I, what alternatives are out there? Is it just pictures from these small distributors that nobody's heard of the marketing or is it another activity in the theater? And, you know, we've always said open, think of your theater as a venue. Don't think of it as a movie theater anymore. Think of it as an auditorium with seats that you could play any media in, or you could do anything in there. Any spectator thing can happen in that theater if you have enough space. And so um, I think a lot of operators are finally like kind of waking up to the possibilities of things like gaming in the theaters. And now they're like, okay, with Mortal Kombat coming out, now's a good time to uh, like to market to the audience that they can game in our venue. And this is the audience that we really want. And it's just like a light bulb has gone off this last (laughs) week regarding this topic. And we've just been inundated with like a, requests on assets and how to do this and so we thought we would take some time just to go over some of the um some of the things to think about if you're looking at the next couple weeks and you're like geez I don't have 
separation. I'm not getting Demon Slayer. I'm not getting any of the stuff besides Mortal Kombat coming out until the end of the month with Quiet Place and Cruella. So what can I do to offset some of that time? And so definitely video gaming in theaters is becoming more popular. A lot of people have video games and a lot of people are video games players. Now it's not just console based play that think your consoles are Xboxes and Playstations. There's also personal PC gaming is on the rise. That's, you know, gaming on your computer. A lot of people build special gaming PCs. There's a lot of ways in which the gaming on a PC is different than it is on a console. You can mod out the games. There's tournaments. It's fast and furious, elite playing. I could see that. I mean, when you have Pong, you just play like one guy versus (laughs) the other guy and whoever wins goes on to the next round. Right. Because there haven't been that many advances in video games since pong right Right. no it's pretty much died down in fact okay thank you you're not missing anything don't worry did not want to be behind ken do you know what fortnite is by the way yeah it's 20 days (laughs) (laughs) is it no it's it's two weeks what fortnite is two weeks (sighs) god I thought it was 20 days oh, moving this on just, this just sure got better <laughs> okay my Any- dumb little joke got better thank you <laughs> anyways so um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot in this world it's a whole different um media type in of itself it's a huge booming industry it's not underground anymore it's very mainstream it's definitely a competitor to movie theaters in the scope and size of the industry. It is a direct competitor. And so um, I think tapping into some of that, it behooves the theater to learn more about it. Um, So there's just some things we kind of wanted to talk about and put together regarding bringing gaming in. Um, I want operators to be aware that there's really, when we talk about gaming in theaters, there's really two types of of uh, market that we're talking about there's the the theater rent out actually playing a console game in the theater so the players um you know marketing to the players and then there's a whole spectator sport because gaming has really transformed into a sport in of itself yep the esports movement and so there's a whole um genre of spectator parts to this that um that you can really tap into that are low cost for the theater. I mean, think streaming, think Twitch, think just watching um, certain players play, that kind of thing. That's actually really huge. And a lot of people may, if they don't pay ticket money for tickets, they may want to walk in free and spend the time watching at the theater. So there's some things to think about there. Um then we also suggest that if you do want to start pursuing either the player marketing or the streamer marketing, that you market to the gamer and not just to the parent. There's been some some talk and some guidance from certain organizations to market to their parents because parents are have the money. But the reality is, is the gamer encompasses anybody from children all the way through adulthood and that if you market to the gamer type, they'll take it to their parents and say, I want to do this. I want to rent out the theater. Can you yeah. do this? No parent is ever going to be like, hey, Billy, I saw that I can rent out the theater for your video games. Do you want to? Do you want me to do that? That's never going to happen. Parents are never going to want to spend money. So target the gamer, 
just like what Disney does, <laughs> targets the kid <laughs> and makes the parents pay. Yeah, you'd be surprised by how... Um... Put the cigarettes in a brightly colored package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you would just be surprised by, um, you know... Um, gamers who are in their teens or early adults, you'd be surprised by how easy it is to be able to connect with them rather than going to the parents. Like it, it won't work quite as well as if you were able to market towards the gamers um, directly. Yeah. So we definitely suggest think of them as gamers and just market like you were marketing to them. And then um, also when you get that after that first initial marketing campaign, you get some interest in it. Just make sure that you have a solid contract um, for the if they are going to rent out your your auditorium and use your equipment. That there should include any maintenance fees for the equipment for your projector, because you are taking down bulb life to use this. The gamers are going to want nice bright settings um, on their gameplay, and so you are using up that bulb. And sometimes they can rent. They could realistically there could be runouts of eight hours or more i mean they could run out the auditorium for a day some of these tournaments on some of these bigger things and you know eight hours of bull play you need to make sure that you're taking that cost into consideration um you're going to want to make sure that there's either access to the concessions or if you're letting them bring their own food and drink in that those costs are mitigated and that there's cleanup fees because they will be messy. They are there. They're focused on other things and cleanup is not one of them. I both tried to not let them bring in their own food and drink. And let's be real. The, yeah. the food and drink they'll bring in is the exact stuff that you're selling in concessions yeah. anyway. It, it won't make too much of a difference and you need to get money in some way. I don't think right. ticket sales will work as well. So it would probably have to be concessions that works. Right. So on the run out, definitely, you know, have a concession person available so they can purchase that yeah. on the spectator sport. Like we said, tickets depends on the event that you're trying to stream at right. the time or the streamer you're, you're streaming, but most streaming platforms are free. So these events that you have on the streaming side will probably need to be free, mm -hmm. but um, with enough advertising, you might be able to get people to come in and have the concessions and, and sell that. So that'll be good. Um, Setup is pretty easy, but the big thing is, is it's just an HDMI cable into a console. Always have them bring their own equipment. You don't need to go out and buy the late $500 Xboxes or Playstations because um, a gamer will want their own gaming information. They're going to want their own avatars, their own user tags, their own loot crates. So they're going to want all their own stuff. They've paid money. They've invested in these characters online and their profiles online and they will have all the unlockables there on their stuff yeah they'll know how to set everything up too i'm sure i yeah. mean they'll know how to set up their own equipment so don't worry yeah. and think you need to buy anything you don't just make sure you have long enough hdmi cords to be able to have the console in and we really recommend a separate wi-fi network now a lot of some theaters don't allow them to tap into wi-fi at all others do if you're gonna do that i highly recommend just creating a completely separate wi-fi network this way you can give out the password and change it quickly without interrupting your other operations and you can turn it off you know if they're being unruly or if they've gone past their limit it's easy to turn off that Wi-Fi without disrupting your other operations. Mm -hmm. um, then they can have access to more um, streaming play and other features of the game will work better for them. So definitely 
really look into the, uh, that concept of having a separate Wi-Fi network and build into the cost, into the rent out cost. Say, you know, it's this much for Wi-Fi. I go to, I go to, to any hotel, they charge me 15 bucks for Wi-Fi. I pay it. I mean, it's really not a fee that Hold people on. would blink at. How many hotels are you going to? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, I'm thinking Vegas, okay? I'm thinking Vegas, and I Wait, and how I often begrudgingly... are you going to Vegas? We're just, we just, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. Kevin. <laughs> That's what you get for you know correcting me. You know that I go me. to Vegas every single... A fortnight is two weeks. <laughs> every single year for CinemaCon. Come on. You're going with me this year. Thank you for attending our marriage counseling this week, folks. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh gosh. gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Thank you for the interruption. <laughs> All right. There's lots of ways to set up these events. We talked about you could do a private theater run out. You just say, hey, for... 100 bucks you can have two hours of gameplay in the theater or or you could have an event sell tickets to it um, set up your own tournament type thing sell tickets or spots in the on the tournament or you could just do a free streaming you know hit hit the spectators with concessions that sort of thing so there's lots of different ways you can do this and um and don't neglect either one. Mm-hmm. I mean, do a combination of rent outs and spectator streaming because you're, you want to keep people coming to the theater and thinking of that as an option rather than renting out um, some public room and some library or community center. You want them to be like, I want the luxury of the theater. It's their first thought. Because you do. You have a venue that is set up with wonderful seating concessions already there the perfect no sound bleed perfect lighting a perfect projection and sound Mm. system i mean you have the deluxe model of any venue rent out for any of this stuff and you want to start marketing your deluxe venue so to compete with the community centers and the libraries and the churches that all have these rooms that people rent out but really your room is the best oh yeah i've seen Many a times for, from my streamer friends, the venues that they go to for like local, you know, video game tournaments or streams and this and that. And they're always terrible. Like it's always just some random room in some community center with some bad seating. They like, have small TVs mm-hmm. and they're fine because they're in their community. Like they're in their group, their friend circle and their streaming gamer community. So they put up with it because they're around each other. But imagine selling, you know, that community part but in the best type of venue possible with great seating, with great food, um, with, you know, the best sound systems, the best screens. Like, I think they would really be on board with that. I'm Right now I'm asking some gamer friends of mine and having them spread the word of this question of, like, would they be interested in, you know, gaming and movie theaters just to get a gauge uh, and see how, how they might like it. And so far I'm hearing really good things so far that they'd yeah. be like, yeah, like that would definitely be – something I'd be interested in and that would make a lot of sense for a movie theater to do so. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's only a select few people that I've heard right now, but it's, it makes oh, yeah. a lot of sense and it sounds really good in that community so far. Well, when we think about it with the like increase in the rise in the esport aspect of, 
of gaming, the idea that there are professional gamers, that there's a hierarchy of gaming, that their talent is being cultivated on this front, and that there are sponsorships from companies that produce the games and the companies that produce all the hardware, and there's tournaments with winnings. There's this whole world that's being created that elevates talent in a gamer but it's also a spectator sport in that and so few the new gamers today are growing up in gaming knowing that there's this whole other gaming level and the ones that are really super interested in it are going to be thinking of themselves as more of a professional player or Mm -hmm. or an amateur player in the in that professional sense and they're going to want they're going to want spectators and they're going to want that setup. And the theater auditorium provides that perfect setup. You've got comfortable chairs that all face forward to one to the screen. You've got enough space between your first row and the screen to set up the actual play area. Yeah. And then you've got this huge screen. It just it makes people feel like they've hit the big time when they come to the theater in that context. Yeah. I mean, if you look up, um, you know, like worldwide gaming events i can't think of any off the top of my head i don't just don't know them that well but a lot of them have that venue experience where they have the big screens they have the lights Mm -hmm. they have you know everyone sitting next to each other and cheering on their favorite gamer i mean it's obviously it's not going to be to that level as what i'm describing but it can be close to that especially for you know gamers in your local community who want that experience but have never been Mm -hmm. able to have it they only have had it through their you know tvs or their computers and I think if you sell that to them on your big screen, I think they'll be as close to it as maybe they'll get for the time being, but they would really be on board with it. Yeah, you definitely got to market the luxury and exclusivity of that, of yeah. that experience to gamers with deeper pockets. And mm-hmm. and th- I see no reason why you shouldn't do that. I think that that's an exclusive experience that only the theater can really provide and you need to start marketing and trading on that exclusivity of those, of those venues and those experiences. Yeah. Um, and then there's been a lot of concern. A lot of, um, operators are like, well, wait, how can I do this? I only have a couple screens. I'm, I'm contractually obligated to play the studio content on my screens when I have it. And what I say from the booking perspective is there's a couple things to get around here. First of all, reality is probably moving forward, we're not going to have enough content to fill your screens all the time. So there will be times when we need to supplement what is playing on a screen with other stuff. I just don't see if you even have eight screens filling all eight screens with new content and having those all sell out all the time moving forward with what we're seeing on the release schedule and what we're seeing from the studios with the day and dating and the, and there's, stuff going to their streaming platforms so don't feel like like you're not going to have room I think you're going to have room in your normal business hours if you if you really do only have one or two screens and you don't actually have room really think about on the rent outside renting out during outside your normal operating hours. So if you're just a weekends only location, you play movies on the weekends, but you have Monday through Thursday that you're not currently open. Those are four days that you could set up people to be at the theater 
for those rent outs. That's money in hand. You've, you have contracted with somebody to pay the labor and to be there with the lights on and all that. And that's a revenue stream. So a lot of theaters are fitting these rent outs and some of these streaming things outside their normal stated business hours. And, and to be honest with you, with redu- you know, a lot of theaters have reduced hours because of the pandemic. They've gone to weekends only. They only do one or two shows a night now. They don't do any matinees during the week. I think that it really opened up a lot of hours to be able to accommodate this. I don't see most theaters going back to full theatrical schedules this year. I, I just don't see enough product to warrant it in the future. I don't see enough interest from the community to consistently go Um, you know, there's a whole behavior aspect that we really don't know what the implications are from the pandemic of, um, of regularly going movie going behavior. And so it might be spotty. And we're seeing that in a lot of places, sometimes a Friday night will have nobody, a Friday night will have nobody in it and a Saturday night will be booming. So it'll be inconsistent. And I think the only thing a theater can do to combat that inconsistency is to have limited hours and, with the limited hours, you've freed up a lot of time for this. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't not pursue gaming because you're worried about when you'll fit it in. You'll find the time. Um, and I just wanted to say that silver screen insider is adapting to this. You know, we have, <laughs> when we first took over the, what was formerly independent marketing edge and rebranded it to silver screen insider five years ago, gaming was a huge part of our, I like, our concept moving forward. We had originally envisioned a database of movies and gaming because we knew gaming was becoming more prominent, more important and wider spread than um, the movie going was. And that, that theaters would need to supplement um, their auditoriums with gaming in the future, but it's taken five years and the pan and what really I think sped it up was the pandemic shaking up the theatrical model. There just wasn't room for gaming before this time and now there is and now we're like whoa times have come (laughs) so so ssi we've always been interested in gaming we've always known that gaming's been important it's always been there i mean i went to blizzcon and e3 to scout out what gaming would be fun (laughs) i took my dad (laughs) to blizzcon to be like we gotta go we gotta go check this out (laughs) that that's a pairing that was (laughs) anybody knows my father that was like torture for him (laughs) these people are all weird (laughs) poor guy but we did it different eras different eras (laughs) yeah we did it we went and checked it all out so yes it's something we are passionate about we will be adapting ssi to really reflect this because i think this is going to be important moving forward i think we're going to see more and more of requests for this type of um information and you know, we just want to make sure that we are at the forefront of that. So be on the lookout for changes to SSI to start showcasing gaming and theaters. Yeah. So wrapping that up, we're encouraging everyone to open your theaters for gaming, such as casinos, blackjack tables. <laughs> we'll get to that. Roulette vir- wheels. We'll get to that virtual gaming too. I Hey, when I say, (laughs) when I say, think of your auditorium as a venue and you can do anything in that venue, we mean anything that's legal. Do uh, Okay. There it is. (laughs) That's legal. So don't, 
be closed off on the idea. Maybe a maybe a virtual gambling casino is something in somebody's future. I mean, it's just don't cut the off the ideas. We need to explore everything and adapt. And SSI will be there exploring all that and adapting with you. We're exploring with you guys. Yeah. It's all a learning process. All a learning process. <laughs> we'll be your bookie. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. So what do we have uh, next? So, so since the future apparently in our industry is technology and gaming and all this, all these changes that are based around technology, there was an interesting article in, I think, was it Deadline? The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith, the director who has done such films as Clerks and Jay and Silent Bob. Small rats. Small yeah. rats. You know, Kevin JC Smith. JC Amy. Yeah. <laughs> Geely. Uh, yeah. Some, most <laughs> That <hits>. is one. <laughs> Some misses. <laughs> he is actually doing, has a new film coming out called Kilroy Was Here. But he is doing something way different with this film. Um, you know, he was one of the first to, didn't he, uh, crowdsource, crowdfund one of his films being made, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back? No. Or... Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Reboot. Yes. Yes. He went out and crowdsourced funding for it because he Mm -hmm. couldn't get traditional financing for that film. he film. He didn't allow you to book it. They came to your city and selected your theater and played the film. Yeah, and he toured it. He everybody that um, donated got a, a chunk of something. They either got like what, like a merchandise of some sort, or they got to see the film early. Yeah, and I mean, there were different levels, but so he was at the forefront of that. And a few other films now have have been crowdsourced funded um, for for that purpose. Um, so he was kind of at the forefront of that. Now what he's doing with this Kilroy was here is he's auctioning off his film as an NFT. And if you're not familiar with an NFT is it's called a non fungible token. We won't go into great detail here we, about how this works. We Google are, are going to go into some detail. <laughs> oh God. We are not experts, but definitely Google it if something doesn't sound right. But basically a non fungible token is like, digital version of something so it could be a picture it could be a video um but it's a digital version and um and when you purchase it you own rights to it or is like in the sports world you own one of many things so think uh, so it's really taken off in the sports world as uh, the newest form of like cards you know like uh sports cards baseball cards basketball cards they'll take a 30 second video of a dunk and then sell 500 copies of that 30 second video and then they have say a number one through 500 and so you might own number 487 of 30 seconds of a dunk video it sounds crazy but it's starting to take off a little bit you know younger people are seeing this as memorabilia is having value um it's a little different at least with a baseball card you had something physical yeah but it really was just an image with some stats on it there was it was real but there was nothing inherently like you weren't purchasing anything of value other than than the value that we put on it now later down the road as a collectible item and that's what these non-fungible tokens nfts are trying to do as well because it can't be reproduced they can't although 
technically you could reproduce. I mean, that's the hard part right there, but of the ones that have a lot of value, you can't reproduce them. Um, and they are just one version of, of a digital piece of something. It could be artwork or pictures or videos or whatever. So Kevin Smith has taken his movie and made it an NFT and he's going to auction it off. And that person or company that, that gets the NFT will have it complete exclusive right to this film they could destroy it they could distribute it however they want they could just keep it at home and have it be their private home thing there's no it's kind of an interesting take on it and we'll see how well this works for him with this video but it or with this movie but it's a done movie that he that could be distributed to movie theaters but he is doing it as this nft this non-fungible token so is this going to be the future of some of these smaller, you know, smaller creatives out there? I mean, Kevin Smith is, has a name. He has a brand. He's going to turn his whole Jay and Silent Bob um, creative property into NFTs. So he's going to have people go out there, create Jay and Silent um, Bob art. I almost said Jay and Silent SpongeBob art. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Got the wrong thing, but he's going to create Jay and Silent Bob art, um, you know, fan created art. And then he's going to sell them as NFTs and split the proceeds with the, with the fan that created the art. So, which, you know, there's a lot of fan created art already being produced. Why not give back a little bit to them on this? And he's just leveraging his intellectual property so that he is selling this stuff as merchandise really. So the reason I bring all of this up is twofold. Is this going to be the new way that um, smaller filmmakers are going to make their movies? And if it is, if this becomes a legitimate means to distribute film, can the theaters get in on this? Can the theaters win a NFT auction for, say, Kilroy was here? And then you could only show Kilroy was here exclusively at, at a certain theater chain, at the Plaza Theater and only the Plaza Theater, because they won the NFT, gets to play this film. And only the Plaza Theater, because they own the NFT, could then distribute the film to other theaters. So other theaters pay you to show the film. I think it would take a name like Kevin Smith to be able to do this. You couldn't take any no-name filmmaker and buy their NFT and then expect other theaters or people to come see it. But it might be a way for theaters to get in on the content market. So just kind of... Keep that in the back of your brain. Just put a pin in it for later and just think of it, think of it that, that, that there might be ways technology is changing the distribution of, of creative talent, of, of all that, of filmmaking in general, and that theaters might have an opportunity. It could just be one little theater in the middle of the heartland that has exclusive rights to a film. I guess on the bigger picture of it all, I guess... For movie theaters, they could see this as a way to be able to get, you know, more stuff to be able to play in their theaters, and they don't need, like, a middleman, or they don't need interference mm -hmm. from the studios, studios and print counts and blah, blah, blah. Like, this could be an alternative if they have the money to where they can at least keep getting stuff and more stuff to play right. in their theaters without, you know, the hassle of everything. So, I don't think this was Kevin Smith's intentions. Like, I think mm -hmm. his intentions were more for independent filmmakers uh, filmmakers and artists such as when he started out and it, it is a good idea like i get what he's doing he's able to make a buck and at the same time help artists who were once where he was so that's all nice but 
um, I see what you mean though. That is that this really could extend out to other businesses playing into this practice, including movie theaters. Right. And then you think about, well, if these NFTs are becoming a thing, is there anything that I can brand at my theater to be an NFT? So do I own a historic theater in the middle of a town that I could brand specifically as this amazing place and then sell NFT? It could be um, video of the theater. It could be exclusive pictures. It could just be any, really anything that you have around your branding. So it, it's just something to think about. I don't know how it would really play and help with theaters, but there's just this new market with whether it's like Bitcoin or NFTs or there's just a new technology market out there and that um, business owners should just be aware of possibilities with it. But it kind of came into our orbit because of what Kevin Smith is doing with his with his film. And even still within our, you know, movie theater space and mm-hmm. movies in general, I don't think many people are really taking into account like the possibilities of what this could be. Like I'm sure, I'm sure there are businesses out there that know about, you know, NFTs and they're probably planning on already. But uh, at the same time, I also wouldn't be shocked if it's not quite there yet. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Kevin Smith found something and is taking, not taking advantage, but is capitalizing on it, I guess, and Mm -hmm. getting ahead of the curve before everyone else does. I, I think this story is, is more underrated than people are thinking. Well, there could just be more there. I I think, you know, it, it it just brings this kind of obscure technology into the mainstream a little bit more. Yeah. But it is really hard to wrap your mind around it. It oh, is yeah. something completely digital like Bitcoin where it doesn't actually exist physically in the world. And that's really hard for people to see the value in something that doesn't exist physically. Yep. Uh, I mean or for movies and for for that entertainment movies for a long time did exist physically they were on 35 millimeter (laughs) reels of film and that was something that physically people could get behind seeing Mm -hmm. the value this is a movie i can hold it in my hands and watch it on the screen and have all this stuff so do you get the same it's hard to wrap your mind around something that doesn't really even exist there and that you're trying to create the value or a perception of value mm-hmm. out of nothing. So that's, um, that is difficult, difficult to get your mind wrapped around, but oh, yeah. it's happening. It's some, something is moving this along. Society is rethinking what, what we think are valuable assets in this digital world. And you just want to make sure that, the theater is a physical brick and mortar building can, can utilize some of this changes in technology as alternative revenue. Yeah. I mean, it's something to monitor, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you, we're not saying, you know, rush right out right now. Yeah. No, just bring it to your attention and let Mm -hmm. put that seed in the back of your brain and just think of maybe inspiration will hit you one day. Like, Oh, I wasn't, the opportunity has come up. And I was aware of it. We're just trying to make you aware of, of perceived opportunities. Yeah. So. Um, Speaking of yeah. opportunities and perception and technology and progression. And our government. There's been improvements, obviously. We had a podcast, so the yeah. SVOG portal is 
up and running and it's sending people money and everything's working. Right. Because our future is in technology, Ken. (laughs) We've just said with gaming and and NFTs. So obviously a website. Well, maybe technology that the government didn't create or (laughs) the government hasn't been involved with. Oh, no. You Uh mean? Oh, no. Uh So here's your update on SVOG. There is no update. They don't know when the portal is going to reopen. Probably not this week. Probably not next week. Might be after that sometime. Um, Unreal. (laughs) I just, I felt like they were so pressured to open and they truly weren't ready. I mean, that's really what it is. They were so pressured Mm. to get it open. Sorry, sorry. I I was reacting, sorry. The truth (laughs) is they didn't build anything that was ready to be used. And I don't know if you're ever ready, but... um, it's broken so badly that they're not up within a week. So there's something, something really going on here. But, um, I wanted to, we got some more clarification on a few things and I just want to make, um, all the listeners aware of a few things that just came up now that even I, who have been following this whole SVOG saga was taken aback by a little bit in my understanding. So the first thing is there there is no commingling of any federal funds. So you cannot have your PPP and your EIDL loan and your SVOG all together. Like they don't want you paying for things with this commingled money altogether. It sounds so, like something you tell your teenage daughter not to do when she right. leaves the house. No, no commingling until you're older. Yeah. <laughs> until so, you're married. So yeah. the <laughs> suggestion is, and this is a legit suggestion and makes things super easy so that you don't even have the, the whiff that you're not being transparent is to open a separate, completely separate business checking account to accept your SVOG money into, or once you get your SVOG money, transfer the bulk of that grant into a separate account and then pay for your expenses out of that account. You'll be able to track just SVOG money directly from that account. No commingling of funds and um, and then if you do get audited, which they will audit people, probably if you get over they're thinking maybe seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar grants will definitely be audited. And then there's that gray area of um of below. So if you get audited, it'll make that situation go a lot easier. And then you can stick with what your budgets are that you put in to your application. But Um, This isn't a weird thing. This is very common in other industries. In fact, it's very common in real estate to do something like this Um, as a real estate agent in another one of my many businesses. I, uh, I do have to create separate accounts for my property management stuff. And so when I take on a renter, their, um, security deposit goes into a separate account from their rent checks and expenses are only paid out of the rent check account and security deposits are left aside. And I do that because I will be audited for my license and I cannot commingle those funds. So super easy. Um, it, it creates everything really clear and concise. And so while we're waiting for the SVOG portal to open, go open that second big account, you know, <laughs> treat, treat yourself. 
Go get that other account. Sure. Or you can wait till you actually find out if you get the money or not before you waste your time opening another account. But when you do, when you get that money, definitely open an account, put all your SVOG money in it and be like, this has been SVOG money and this is how I'm paying for it. Yeah, figure out the place where you can go to open a new account and get, uh, you know, one of those miniature portable grills or (laughs) a Bluetooth speaker. A gun. Sometimes they have those. (laughs) All right. So are we ready to get to the fun stuff? Uh, Yeah, that's only SVOG updates. um, There is no update. That there is no update. The portal is not going to be open anytime soon. Open a different account. Don't commingle your funds. On behalf of our sanity to yours, we are sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay trailer time guys trailers there was some good trailers that came out this week i'm actually really pumped for this yeah we've got two good ones well technically three there was a red band trailer but uh yeah two we got two good ones f9 and hitman's wife's bodyguard (laughs) i've been calling it the hitman bodyguard's wife (laughs) i mean just it's just such a long wordy title (laughs) they even got rid of the the and it still is it still feels jumbled i guess but but the trailer was not jumbled. It was awesome. Oh, it was so good. I think that that looks like the perfect film for this pre-pandemic or post-pandemic era where people just want fun. They just want a yes. fun action movie a la Godzilla doing so great. And what's m- not more fun than Ryan Reynolds <laughs> being like, I'm Ryan taking Reynolds. A, a sabbatical from bodyguarding. It's and so awesome. And instead has to get thrown back in anyway. Yeah. Trying to not do what his job is. Right. <laughs> no, so. uh, I think what this trailer did well is kind of taking from like what the first movie uh, did well was the comedy and just amping it up a, a notch and especially mm-hmm. playing more towards the strength of Ryan Reynolds while everyone right. else is like, hey, we're in on the fun too. So um, I wasn't the big fan of the first one, but I did like the comedy that was involved in it. And I think mm-hmm. they're dialing up another notch. And they really showcased that in this trailer. And Britney Spears included in the song or in the trailer, it was great. How much did that get stuck in your head? Because it's still stuck in my head. Oh yeah, it was on all, I, all day for me. I have on my Pandora account a boy bands theme, and I've got Britney, and Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC, and it just made me super nostalgic. And I busted that out. I mean, whether is nostalgic for you or not, it Christina. works great with the it works great with the trailer. Aguilera's in there. Oh my gosh. I'm just the 90s kid in me and the 2000s teenager in me is coming out. (laughs) Back to the trailer. Sorry. (laughs) The addition of Selma Hayek was a great one. She's so good. She She does have comedic timing. Yeah, she does. Um, From grownups, we know that Mm -hmm. she can be funny, Mm -hmm. but she also has some action chops from... Her earlier days and so she's able to pull this off very well yeah yeah no that was such a fun trailer to to watch i think that'll play super well with audiences right now when you get it on godzilla and mortal Kombat and maybe even quiet place too and it'll remind people hey movie theaters are fun yeah we're fun places go watch fun movies yeah <laughs> um and then what's the next one f9 the fast oh, yeah. saga where are we at? We're at nine, the ninth movie. They it's can, in the title. They can't, <laughs> they can't make one of these without putting a colon at the end of the title. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true, though. I mean, how else can you uh, change up Fast and Furious? Yeah. What, we, what have we had? The Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious? Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. 
Fast Five. That Fate, one was kind of clever. Fate of the Furious. Fate, Fate of the, the Furious. <laughs> no, they whoever writes these titles kills it. Like there's one guy they have locked in a room that's just coming up with Fast and Furious sequels. He's all the way up to 17 right now. I, F9, I, I get it, though. At this point, he might be a little drained from writing right. down all these different titles. But, um, you know, it's if you have known how, you know, Fast Five through the rest of them have been playing out, F9 looks about the same. Looks like they're still taking the craziness up a notch. I mean, there's giant magnets throwing cars around. That diesels. was cool. That was a cool concept. I actually was like, oh, that's good. It's just, I like that. It's just funny to me that they so only pick unrealistic. up cars, but not pick up, you know, humans with wristwatches. Yeah. <laughs> well, it picked up the things out of the buildings, man, though. Man, manhole covers uh, nearby. It did. It did show that. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I've only saw the cars. Yeah. yeah, but you would think a manhole cover would go through a plastic car. Right. <laughs> no, but they showed, like, the stuff coming out of the buildings and hitting the bad guy cars. We don't need to talk about the semantics okay. of it it doesn't matter <laughs> good cgi vin diesel right. crazy storylines that you have to suspend disbelief for yes one hundred thousand like percent yeah when that's does vin exactly diesel and john need. cena look like brothers <laughs> but that's, you know what, that's what? what's getting me a little here i just love that they keep getting more and more um superhuman every time i mean the muscles make you think that they're super superhuman but from like the first one to this one it's just <laughs> They just amped up the ridiculousness yeah. so much. No, you go back to the first one, you're like, Paul Walker is an FBI agent? Pretty <laughs> telling you. You go back to the first one, you're like, Vin Diesel, he was just muscles and barely moved around. He was, I mean, he didn't run. <laughs> he just drove that car. Right. And now this one, he's falling like 30 stories and surviving. The first one was a gritty down-to-earth story about street racers trying to tell an FBI agent how to... In how to be a part of family and live life to the fullest. And now F9 is family. That part's there. But yeah. what if we go to space? Yeah. <laughs> of course. It, it, you know, it is what it is with these movies. People, I don't know if they watch these ironically or if they're really invested in these storylines, but it'll, I think it'll work perfectly. Well, now I gonna speak be... for Fast and Furious fans. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now it's going to be the big got it. <laughs> title in the summer with Top Gun moving out, though. So, it, I mean, sure, perfect. Hopefully, yeah. Universal will just let the floodgates open they and be will. like, play it, play it everywhere for as long as you'd like. Keep it on screen through. It's the big yeah Fourth of July, the big non-Disney title of the summer. Yeah, yeah, basically. Now, now it is. All right, can we finally move on to the biggest news of the week? I don't have any more news on my sheet. Am I missing something, Ken? Yeah. Mads Michelson signed on oh to be the bad guy in Indiana Jones 5. You okay, yes, that's true. That okay. this morning. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Yes. And so I was he like, signed not on interested. to be the bad guy in Indiana Jones 5. We do not technically um, believe, that, believe it... that there was an Indiana Jones 4. That does not exist. So anyway, Indiana Jones 5 will have an antagonist and a protagonist with a combined age of 133. <laughs> How is this possible? I was hearing about this a while ago. Like, I think when Harrison Ford uh, starred in Indiana Jones 4, which is still a movie. I've It's not a know, movie. It's not a movie, but they say it no, is. Um, it doesn't that he exist. Was, it was an experiment. That he was, I think, like a couple years older than uh, Sean Connery when he played Indiana Jones' dad. Like, I think by seven or eight years, maybe, or something yeah. like that. And now Harrison Ford's going to be back in Indiana Jones 5. It's, 
I don't know. It's just so wild to me. It, it's it's a little funny, but um, I mean, no, Matt Mickelson, great villain. He always plays a villain and everything, but he's so good at it. So I I'm also hyped for that. I'm glad Ken brought that up. Oh yeah, no, this is the second biggest conundrum behind. Tom Cruise was the same age in Mission Impossible Fallout that Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> People just age differently now. It's I... it's very different, yes. <laughs> I liked Cocoon. Ken introduced it to me. So he All made right. me watch it, and it's good. And I like Wilford Brimley in it. And, That's a good and movie. his oatmeal and yeah. his diabetes. Well, I don't like that part, but <laughs> the oatmeal's good. Yeah, I'd throw that in there, though, anyway. have an oatmeal. He probably did. You just don't know. You just he... look like the Quaker Oats guy, Cody. <laughs> no, he probably had an oatmeal. Hey, but I, oatmeal's I can good. It. I could see him getting behind it. It's plain. He could be the spokesman. Yeah. Get behind it, you mean in front of it, scarfing it down? <laughs> yeah, that too. I do that. <laughs> All right. I'm an oatmeal. Now that I got enthusiast. that out, we're good for the week. I think so. Is All that right. what you were just so hyped for? I'm trying to very much avoid Indiana Jones because I have my trilogy and that's great. And whatever they're doing is not. I They ruined Star Wars for me. I just don't want them to ruin Indiana Jones for me now. If too. you need any information or images from Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, no. please check out SilverScreenInsider.com. <laughs> Why and did you say that name? <laughs> I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and replace them all with like, this does not exist. <laughs> classified it's just, it's just gonna you click the page and it's gonna say error yeah <laughs> 404 yeah. Error. Yeah. does not exist <laughs> never did should not have oops our mistake maybe this will be the redeeming movie the, no. the fast and furious fan of me says yeah he survived a nuclear blast inside of a refrigerator two yeah. very different things <laughs> nope pretty fast much and the furious same thing. fan i'm pretty sure they would shove a car in a refrigerator to survive a nuclear in Fast explosion. and Furious, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Harrison Ford just did it with his own body in his hat. <laughs> <laughs> Basically the same thing. Exactly oh, the same thing. I hate that movie. All right. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Off the Break podcast. You can check out our podcast on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com where if you're a theater owner or manager needing upcoming film information and marketing materials, just check out that website, log in. Uh, we got marketing materials for past movies and future movies coming out and we're here to serve all your marketing helps and needs and uh post on all of our social media platforms telling cody exactly how many indiana jones movies there are <laughs> three there are three right now three sounds good to me yeah <laughs> candy with the crystal stall there may be there may be four <laughs> bye everybody bye